welcome to the Pro Wrestling Torch TNA Impact Wrestling Podcast. I'm Darren Lilly. And I'm John Laszlo. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. It was a busy week in TNA with the Go Home Show and the No Surrender pay-per-view. A pretty packed week. Um, So let's jump on into it. We will start with the February 22nd edition of Impact TV was the last of the Orlando, Florida tapings, and we got started with Chris Saban against Jason Hotch. John Schuyler was in the corner of Jason Hotch. This one, uh, Chris Saban was on his way to facing Mustafa Ali at No Surrender, and the the good hands have been forming an alliance, trying to kind of kiss up to Ali, and it's kind of continued that storyline. I, d- I didn't really expect all that much from this one, but it actually built to a really good match, and the ending sequence was very fast-paced. But at the end, it was saving predictably, giving Hotch the cradle shot, got the pin on his road to no surrender. He had momentum, but... I don't know how that turned out for him, but in the meantime, he did win. It's, this one went about 10 minutes, but good start to the show. What do you think, John? I, I really enjoyed it, and I think the good hands, both Hotch and Skyler, are kind of getting the thing they did with uh, Yuya, where they're mm-hmm. still losing, but they're moving up the card as they're losing. Mm-hmm. They're getting better, stronger matches, but still losing. Which I always think is interesting, but I think these guys are really they've they've done the work, and it was a really good, really fun match. Yep, yeah. and we had a, a taped uh, promo from Ali afterwards, kind of following up on that. And then the system had a promo, and they talked about their match later in the evening. Moose said his match at No Surrender against Alex Shelley would be no DQ. Santina Morello interrupted he said if anyone interfered tonight uh, at that match moose would lose the title so adding some stipulations to that one yep chris Sab- uh, chris saban was backstage he said at first he was excited about ali coming to tna but he thinks he's kind of like a scummy political figure hanging out with the good hands and he said you're gonna you're gonna find out I'm Chris Saban, bitch. So that escalated things right there. The magic word. Um, <laughs> so fiery pro- promo from Saban. What'd you think? Yeah, I, I think they they didn't have much time to build that match at No Surrender, and I think they've done, they did a really good job of it. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the time they had, yeah, I thought they did as well. Uh, match number two was Simon Gotch against Jack Price. This was Gotch's TNA and ring debut. Some fans might remember him from the VOD villain days in the WWE. John, do you recall seeing him back in those days? Not at all. Like that is <laughs> that is from one of those times when I was not paying any attention to wrestling. I vaguely knew who he was. And my whole thing was, man, entrance masks are becoming a really big thing. Like, there's a few people doing this. Huh. But, right. okay, whatever. But it was also nice to see Jack Price again. Yes. Yeah, he just pops in every once in a while. But uh, Simon Gotch, yeah, he used to be – It was kind of like a comedy act in WWE with uh, Matthew Raywald, who's the – 
color commentator for TNA currently. But this was Simon doing his serious side. And I've seen like a match or two since he's changed his persona. He had like a really brief run in like ROH. But uh, this is, I guess, my brief run in ROA. Yeah, well, that's a very good point. (laughs) But this is my first time seeing an extended match on a new persona. And I thought he was did very well. Lots of um, Matt wrestling, that kind of thing, doing holds. And Jack Price is kind of enhancement talent kind of on his way up. So he was in that role. This one only went three minutes, but it served his purpose. It was a showcase gotch for his upcoming match against Josh Alexander. And uh, I thought he did very well, had a very intense style and it kind of just built up to show that Alexander, this guy's no slouch. And I thought it served his purpose. What'd you think? Yeah, basically uh, I agree with most of the things you said. Uh, It was nice to see Jack Price again. I think this is the second time we've seen him in a couple months uh, when it's been like, more than a year, I, I, I want to think, since the last time we saw him. So hopefully we'll see him a little bit more. Uh, it's nice to see actually signed talent that's on the roster page that's not around as much. Um, <coughs> Sue Young, please come back. Um, <laughs> but I also don't think that he just got steamrolled either. I think there was there was a little bit of back and forth, but, you know, it was pretty good. Grizzled Young Vets cut a promo. Uh, they talked about a- facing ABC in the third match of their series and said ABC has never been in the waters this deep and they will drown. So it was a pretty intense promo. And I think they're doing, obviously, as we talked about, good in the ring, but they're carrying things on promos, too. Yeah, they're not bad. They're, they are what they say. They, they're young, but they, they're giving veteran promos. They're, they've put in the work. They, I they're great. I hope yeah. they come back. I hope they're <laughs> around a long time. Yes, agreed with that. Match number three was Trent Seven with Mike Bailey in his corner, taking out Steve Macklin with the Rascals in his corner. And the thing I liked about this match is when you weren't sure who was going to win. Sure, Macklin's a former world champion, but seemed to be giving up kind of a little push to Trent seven. This one was very hard hitting. I don't know what I was expecting, but lots of hard chops. I mean, both of these guys have still got to be sore. And this was probably taped like a month ago. I was like, wow, it was hard hitting. And we had a very exciting finish at the end. They were trading strikes. Bailey kicked Trey Miguel off the top rope. Uh, then seven through Zachary went out of the ring. Macklin used that distraction though, to hit seven from behind, gave him a spear and delivered the KIA and got the pin. So good showing for both of them. This one went about 15 minutes, went through a commercial break, but Macklin with a, a, a good win uh, over Trent seven. Trent seven was impressive though, but what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think this was definitely a, Hey, Trent seven's the new guy. Let's give him some, a, a chance to really show what he can do. And I, I think, Macklin really let him do that. You know, that's one of those things. I, I like it when an established wrestler who's been around comes in and fights an established wrestler way more than I enjoy. Hey, here's this new person and they're going to squash a local talent. Mm. Great. I'm glad the local talent got a payday, but that doesn't show me how good this wrestler is which we will go into in about one more match <laughs> right uh giselle show shaw had a promo 
she's talked about getting rid of her distractions, meaning Savannah Evans and Jay Vidal. So I guess that is really finished. And she said she's on her own now. She would turn the giant X into a title win. Gail Kim approached, and Gail Kim has been popping in on some of her interviews recently and said that Shaw did what she said she would do by getting rid of Evans and Vidal, but she did it in an unprofessional way. Gail encouraged her to do things with poise and grace. So maybe plant the seeds here for a face turn for Giselle Shaw, perhaps. And then Shaw said she would do things on her own without any help or advice and walked off. So do you think she's turning babyface? No. No. <laughs> there's there's we have enough baby faces in the women's division. I I mean Giselle probably could, but I, I don't think it's I think she's better as a a a heel. At least for now. We'll see where she goes. Uh-huh. You know. But I think she's also she's also put in the work as a heel. So, you know, if she swapped over to babyface, it might be a nice refre- refresh. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's intriguing, though. I'm interested to see what this is all about. So Trent Seven and Mike Bailey did a brief backstage promo challenging the Rascals at No Surrender. Then Eric Young made his ring entrance, got to the ring. Frankie Kazarian walked to the stage and sat in a chair. He said he wasn't in the mood to fight tonight. I didn't think they were <laughs> a match, but he talked about having ghosts, about people having ghosts in their past. And then he introduced... Eric to one of his ghosts, and it was Big Damo, who was one of Eric's former tag team partner in the group Sanity in WWE, and he walked out, and they had a match, and uh, this one was pretty good. It was it was very brief, but I thought Big Damo, he hit some power moves. If they choose to bring him back, I thought he was impressive enough. I think there was a lot there. Him and Eric worked decently, but it was only five minutes, so we only saw so much. At the end, though, Eric gave Damo pile driver and got the clean pin brief but i thought they did a good job of establishing damo and showing eric young could beat a big opponent from his past so that was a nice twist in the feud of frankie kazarian would you think? yeah it's it's really good and it's amazing the difference two minutes makes right like we had a couple very mm-hmm. quick like three minute squashes and then a five minute squash and it felt so much better. We got a better handle of what D- Damo can do. It felt like a real match. It didn't feel like, oh, we're just here to see a couple spots. It is. It was good. It was well thought out. It worked. And like I, I can't. And even the the end where it's like, oh yes, we're now going to do. Kazarian versus Young. Also great because, again, they're setting things up for a really quick turnaround for No Surrender, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, and it's like about a week, week and a half away. So, yeah, and they do run into these periods where they do that quick turnaround. But, yeah, good build to that because you got to lay the groundwork a little bit ahead of time, and they're doing a good job of it. 
Danny Luna and Jody Threat did a promo, and they said they were on top of the pile in tag team division because of their recent wins, although those have been in singles competition, so <laughs> a little bit of a stretch, even though I'm There's all, only even though three I support people. <laughs> There's three teams. When one team la- loses, they're back at the bottom, which automatically right. raises the one that was number three to number two. That's not So therefore, they are the number one contenders with Without doing anything, I mean, they just that the other person lost. <laughs> yes, absolutely. If they yes. even got in a fourth women's tag team, it it, it, it <laughs> that would help matters. It, it would be it would help matters immensely. <laughs> yes, they challenge the winner of uh, the No Surrender Knockouts Tag Team Title match to a, a match. Although as you just pointed out, really didn't have to because like, they're gonna be next on deck. So uh, also Tasha Steele did a promo challenge inside Brookside to another match coming up, and that'll be coming up. Uh, so that brings us to match number five, and it was the long-awaited in-ring, TNA in-ring debut of Ash by Elegance, the former Dana Brooke, and she took on an enhancement talent, Savannah Thorne, who I believe has been on this show before, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but Ash's assistant did her, and I always forget his name, and you because you know him yeah. from, like, I guess the countdown show or what is it yeah he was on uh george iceman he's on before the he was on for the impact for years uh i think he's also heavily involved in uh the can-am dojo and like border city that scott demore ran so uh-huh. but don't quote me on that he also did a bunch of the the um Impact Provincial Wrestling Federation old school right. throwdown stuff. He's in those too. He um, was on that. Yes. It's like the interview guy or something like that. Yeah, something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. And now he is Ash by Elegance personal concierge, right. which is just a phrase that is made to make people want to punch him. Right. And am I Thursday recaps, I always say um, assistant because I'm not spelling all that out. <laughs> yeah, that concierge is a difficult word to spell because it's When you're French. on the fly trying to keep up with what's going on. So I'm just like, it's going to be assistant today. <laughs> Maybe one of these days. I don't know. But anyway, back to the her intro. It, it was a fun. The announcer was very over. The assistant was very over the top, doing her ring announcing, and made Savannah Thorne get out of the ring as Ash posed on the way to the ring, and her assistant helped her up the stairs. But when the bell rang, Ash was very aggressive, choking Thorne, punches, kicks. It was basic stuff. But at the end, she did. Um, she decked Thorne and then followed with an elbow and the rarefied air for the pin, which was a nice looking finisher. But Ash wanted in about two minutes. So I thought it was a solid debut show that, you know, she's got some skills and I, I liked the act on, on day one of the uh, in-ring debut. Curious. What did you think about the whole presentation and match? Oof. Wow. I, I came away with a very, very different thought process. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really was like, wait, th- this is, and 
It could be because it was a three-minute squash entirely because I was like, oh, this is just a WWE standard bar standard squash match. I've seen a thousand times. It's fine, but you can see the performance center in there. Um, yeah. And I was like, I, I, I watched it and I was like, why were so many people about her coming to TNA? She's fine. She's not amazing. She's not – doesn't seem to be underrated. She seems fine, and it's like I, – I, I guess, man, I, I need to see more to get a really good feel for her, but this – again, I'm very happy that a local talent got a payday. But I didn't – I was like, why are they giving so much to someone who's fine? Like – and again, it could be because it was a two-minute squash. There is not much you can do in a two-minute squash. Like unless you're somebody like you know Trey Miguel or something in, or Speedball and you can do a bunch of cool aerial maneuvers, there's just not much there. So right now, uh, I was not too happy, and I'm dreading that they're going to have her do kind of like what Masha Slamovich did, where it's like local talent, local talent, local talent, lish, and then like two more matches that are kind of competitive, and then she's like the top of the heap, and I'm like, "Mm." Okay, that's fine, (laughs) but we need these matches to go longer than two minutes for me to actually be able to tell anything. Like, that's the thing. Um, I know what EY can do. I know what, uh, you know, I even, like, I know what Jack Rice can do because I've seen him before. He is the... Enhancement, the, the go-to enhancement talent for TNA. I know what he can do, so I can get a, a good feel for what his opponent is bringing because I know him. But even then, the difference between a two-minute squash and a three-minute squash is that's a third of a match longer, and it makes a difference. And if I – if Ash by Elegance never wrestles another two-minute match. Awesome. Great. I really hope so because this was not – this was fine. It was just fine. I don't know how else to put it other than it was fine. Oh, and I am going on for a very long time about something that was just (laughs) <laughs> fine <laughs> true true and they're also doing the gimmick where they go to commercial and then they come back and the assistant says ash has left the building so yeah that's that always fun that. it doesn't matter who does that it's always fun <laughs> uh, yeah so that'll be interesting to chart her progress but yeah i'm sure she's getting shot right to the top very soon <laughs> 
perhaps in longer matches. We'll see. That brings us to the main event, match number six, and it was Alex Shelley, Kushida, and Kevin Knight taking on the system. Moose, Brian Myers, Eddie Edwards with Alicia Edwards, and this one pretty standard six-man tag team match for like about the first half, and then they really kicked it in the high gear, and it was super exciting. Kevin Knight is just impressive with his leaping ability, and he showed a lot of athleticism here against some really good opponents, so he had a, a great opportunity to shine. Towards the end, though, uh, Knight got some two counts on Moose, Shelly and Kushida, double team Myers. Shelly dove on Myers on the floor. Kushida took out Eddie and Knight super kicked Moose and knocked Myers off of the apron. But Knight was distracted by that dastardly Alicia on the apron and Moose speared him and got the pin. This one went about 19 minutes, just a phenomenal last few minutes, though. And I'm really enjoying this feud because there's a lot of good work. But the system comes out on top. Heading into No Surrender, what'd you think about this one? This was a really good match. I mean, <laughs> being a little, you know, part of me is like, oh, I'm glad they gave this match 20 minutes and like took time away from all the other matches. It was really fantastic. Mm-hmm. And I am really enjoying basically what what is it the the system versus time machine basically right yeah, right it is great it is absolutely fantastic uh i kind of can't wait to see like like the, the thing is with a nice big two big factions that is a load of matches you can do mm-hmm. you know there's what six people so that's like 15 matches there and then you mix into tag teams and you get get a bunch more and some three on threes and a bunch more and if they can keep that animosity and fightiness up it's going to work out really well and it's going to last a while and i am glad for that that'll be fun yep and you throw in saving in there too and then Alicia at some point somebody will probably come in to counteract her so it's a I I this one is getting going just from my impression anyway so and I'm glad to see it so a lot of ways you can go with this one yep and that brings us to that by the way that was the last show under the Scott Demore era at least for now as he comes back but <laughs> yeah so yeah it's definitely the last one he oversaw because I think he Booked no surrender, but didn't. You definitely wasn't there. Good point. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, if they just continued what he had laid in place. I'm sure. I mean, nothing seemed out of the ordinary by any means, and the finishes were pretty logical. So yeah. So I guess with this new set of TV tapings, maybe we start seeing some new direction this week, or but we will find out. Although he may have laid the course for that, for all we know. Yeah, he might have had the next six months planned out, and they're just. That's very possible. That's an excellent point. Yep. So, well, we'll see. Maybe some small touches coming, but we'll find out. Maybe. Which brings us to the next night, and that was TNA No Surrender uh, Impact Plus special, and that was February 23rd, and it was from the Valerio Center in New Orleans, Louisiana. There was a countdown show and two matches in that. The Rascals beat Mike Bailey and Trent Seven. 
when Zachary Wentz made Bailey tap after Steve Macklin interfered to help the Rascals. They they need some help over there, <laughs> Bailey and Trent Seven. And then, then the other one, Brian Myers and Eddie Edwards defeated Kashida and Kevin Knight when Myers panned Knight. I didn't see most of this one, but I saw the ending sequence, and the thing that stuck out to me was just how Myers and Eddie Edwards are really working well together as a team. I mean, I think it's surprising, but, I mean, things are starting to really gel and pick up between them, and I, I just kind of noticed that. So maybe maybe they could contend against ABC or something like that, not to get them out of this feud with the time machine, but... Yeah, I mean, that, that should be where, that, th- where those two are going. And to be honest, they're both tag specialists. They've both been in yeah, tag true. teams for years, and I think it's a that match uh all four of those guys exited it looking strong it was a fantastic match and again keeps that feud going yeah uh and that brings us to the main show and match number one was Eric Young against Frankie Kazarian. This match would determine who would get a world title match at sacrifice, which is already upon us next week. So uh, Kazarian had a new entrance theme and I, I thought it was pretty cool. Frankie demanded that ring announcer Jay Chung announce him as the king of TNA. So maybe that'll be his new gimmick. Fans were all over his case. So he's, he's, getting some good heat here uh eric young was good of course in this as well uh towards the end frankie hit the fade of black but eric kicked out of the pen attempt so that was kind of big but frankie was very upset that somebody kicked out of the fade to black he argued with the referee and eric used that opportunity to put frankie in a crucifix got the pen in about nine minutes so eric young will go on, on to sacrifice to face the champion won't reveal just yet i'm sure you may have seen it though and then frankie argued with the referee after the match about the count and then knocked him out and stomped him to a chorus of booze frankie pulled the referee back in the ring continued to pummel him until finally the other referees his friends came out to help break it up so maybe there'll be fines and suspicions suspensions frankie kazarian's just out of control but it was a nice opener good of course they work well together what else would you expect with these two but eric young gets the next title shot what you think about the match i thought the match was fine it, but i also felt like it's something i've seen a bunch of times before uh you know i don't know but i really enjoyed the I'm going to beat up this new ref that we haven't seen in forever because he he, if I remember correctly, he's one of the guys that has been around in TNA like at one point has come back. But, ooh, that ref needs to learn how to sell a little bit better. Um, (laughs) It was a little rough, but uh, no, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed what the implications are for frankie kazarian beating up on refs because there's so many fun things they could do with it like you said fines or suspensions or they could do a thing where it's like yeah the refs refuse to you know ref your matches you have to find somebody else and no you can't use your wife sorry or like you know there's fun things you can do with that type of thing and you know 
there's some cool things that could go on with it. And that's what I'm really excited for. I think getting EY a championship match at Sacrifice, uh, okay, fine. He's had the world title before, but I don't think – it's a little early. Like Moose just needed another opponent. He, they just, just – you could have made this number one contenders match any two people and it would have been fine. But, you know, at least it is someone who is, you know, world title caliber – Ready. Right. Exactly. And I wouldn't be surprised if this is not the end of the feud with Eric Young and Frankie Kazarian. It wouldn't surprise me to see Frankie show up at that title match. But uh, in the meantime, I hope they follow up on the referee thing because that's, you know, would be a pretty significant development. So I hope they don't just kind of brush that off. Yep. Grizzled Young Vets, Vets did a brief promo with Gia Miller, and they showed in the crowd rapper Westside Gun at ringside. I believe he's been at an AEW show as well. So he yeah, he's really been at a bunch a, of stuff. A big fan. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Match number two was ABC against the Grizzled Young Vets. For the TNA World Tag Team title, this was the third match of the best of three series for the titles. I thought this was the, of the three matches, this was the best of the three. And this one gave, gave them plenty of time. The other ones did have plenty of time as well. Um, got some This Is Awesome chance, some really good tag team work here. Uh, and it's built to an excellent match towards the end. It was Bay kicking out of a penitent after the vets had double teamed him. And it looked like she was surely going to go down and defeat. But he kicked out fans chanted, this is awesome. Really dramatically. Ace knocked straight to the apron. Then Ace choked Gibson with his scarf. So finally getting revenge from the vets choking him with a scarf in like a prior match. Bay gave the vets a cutter. Ace gave Gibson the fold and Ace got the pin. ABC retains the tag team titles in about 18 minutes. Really good tag team match. Maybe, maybe match of the night. I don't know. Depends, but uh, this was really good. What'd you think? Oh, it was an amazing match. I, I, how can I put this? Like most wrestlers, like the baseline guys, they have like one speed and then it's fine. It's great. You know, that's all they need. And then, like, the dudes who are, like, at that next level kind of have, a like, a second gear, right? And, like, the, those are the guys who you see in the, like, the pay-per-views all the time and, like, the upper mid-card. And then some people have, like, a third or even a fourth or fifth gear, you know, where they can – at the end of a thing, they ramp it up that much more and dear god the four men in this match are those types of individuals they didn't just have go they had extra turbo go it was i don't watching the first two matches i didn't know how they could improve right it's not like they boned anything in or held anything back but how do you make those – how do you do that better? <laughs> like that is absolutely astounding that they went out and had – okay, here's a great match. Oh, here's a greater match, and here's another one after that. 
whoa, holy shit. How, 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 like, I, I can't do that. Like, I, I go to work. I do my work. I can't go to like, I can't jump twice and do things twice as fast or twice as better. No, it's one speed. Man. Wow. That, this is, I'm a tag guy. And I like to talk, as evidenced by me talking on this podcast constantly. And every single match that ABC and Grizzle Young Vets have had has left me without words. I don't – how is it better? How? <laughs> Somehow they pull it off. <laughs> but, yes, excellent match. Uh, what's next for ABC, you have to wonder? Because I'm presuming this feud is over, but I don't know that for sure, but – it's going to be tough to top this feud. I'll say that. Yeah. Match. Oh, go ahead. I don't know. <laughs> they got their like, work cut out for them. Yeah. But yeah, in the meantime, and it really enjoyed that, that feud and that last match. Match number three was PCO against Khan. And we got some brawling. Uh, they took it to the floor. PCO went for the deanimator, but Khan moved and PCO crashed to the floor. Khan hit PCO with a chair, so the referee rang the bell. And in four minutes, PCO was your winner by disqualification, but it was not over just yet because the brawl continued. Khan snapped PCO's neck and then stacked chairs on PCO. The bell kept ringing, but no one came out. So Khan tossed the timekeeper around then pco rose up from under the chairs got back in the ring uh they had a little back and forth pco did a dive on khan then hit him with a chair and they brawled up the ramp khan gave pco a low blow and a back suplex on the stage then khan tied pco to the entrance tunnel zip tied his arm to the tunnel then khan put a chair around pco's neck and gave him another neck snap twisting his twisting his head trying to snap his neck i guess and then finally khan went backstage so this was mostly all a, a brawl just to i guess continue the feud but uh yeah impressive. this should have been, been on the show yeah i agree good point like it was exactly what I was afraid it was going to be. It was the shortest match on the card, but felt like the longest. <laughs> and part of that is because the match ended really quickly, and then it just was like an extended brawl sequence. And that's fine. But you know what? They could have also made it a no DQ match and just done the whole thing. And I would have been fine. I really liked that they really built up Khan as a monster. That's great. But I'm afraid that it's going to be a PCO versus Khan feud for a while. And I don't want to watch a lot of that. <laughs> like, I want to skip to the end of it because I know the end is going to be good because PCO will just be like, yeah, man, just – Power slammed me onto some concrete blocks. All right, 
Fireman, carry me and through this plate glass door. All right, cool. And it'll be amazing. It's just all the things that I have to go through before they get there. And it's I know the next one is going to be like, oh, we're going to do this like, oh, the time you're going to get in trouble for attacking the timekeeper. And now we're going to send, I don't know, security after something. It's going to it's just going to take a while. And I. I would rather both of these guys be feuding with other people instead of each other, because I think that would be more interesting. I would agree with that, but yeah, settle in, because I don't think we're (laughs) in the end of this one. Agreed. (laughs) We had a backstage, a little meeting with Alex Shelley talking to Kevin Knight, Kashida, and Chris Sabin, and he urged them for their support and to not throw in the towel in the main event, in the title match tonight. Uh, and then later on, Moose did the same thing, urging his teammates not to throw in the towel. So trying to add some drama when eventually someone would throw in the towel. Yeah, I really dug that because it also shows, you know, like that Saban is part of that because that was the one thing is like up at like last the end of the last show was what where was Chris Saban? Why wasn't he there and running interference on Lish or something like that? You know, he wasn't with them. And this shows that there it's also a four person group against another four person group. But it also shows why, because it's weird that he wouldn't be the person with the towel because he's been in Alex Shelley's corner for so long. Right. So it was kind of nice to get that. Here is the reason. And right. I, I thought that was a really clever way of doing it. Yep. Match number three was for the Knockouts Tag Team titles, and it was Decay, the champions, uh, Rosemary and Havoc, taking on MK Ultra, Killer Kelly, and Masha Slamovich. This one was a fairly standard tag team match, but towards the end, uh, Masha escaped a spear and gave Rosemary the snowplow to get the pin. So in a surprise to me, at least, MK Ultra won the belt in about eight minutes. Match itself, I mean, nothing too crazy or anything. After the match, MK Ultra attacked Decay, and Danny Luna and Jody Threat ran in for the save to segue into the next Knockouts Tag Team title feud, which we kind of discussed. Uh, were you surprised by this result, and what did you think about the match? Yes and no. Like, it was a much better match than the one that they lost the titles to. Like, just hands down, it was a better match. Um, But the thing is, it's kind of funny because neither Decay nor MKUltra actually need the titles to be a threat. They are, like, weird monsters and weird enthusiasts they don't need like if brian myers and eddie edwards were having a match with the good hands and mk ultra just came out and like decimated all four of them like yeah yeah i totally buy that that is the thing that would happen yes they don't none of the neither one of these two teams need that title and Danny Luda and Jody Threat 
don't really they're not quite ready for it. We haven't gotten enough from those two yet for them to be worth having the tag the women's tag titles. So we're at this weird point where I kind of want Masha versus Jordan for the women's title. If she has the tag titles as well, cool, but she doesn't need them. Like, and that's what get me is I feel like she and Killer Kelly losing the titles in the first place just to get them back immediately didn't help Decay, didn't help them, didn't help Luna and Threat. It was just like, oh, we're just going to give you a second title run just to – because it's, what, what, almost a month different? Like, it was from hard to kill to, to no surrender. Yeah. Okay. And did they defend the tag titles in that time? I don't think so. Yeah, so what – you might as well have run it the next day at Snake Eyes. <laughs> as it turns out, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I I I'm very frustrated with the women's tag titles, but it's also one of those things. There aren't many women's tag teams out there in general. Yeah. Like there's more mixed tag teams than there are just <laughs> women's tag teams. <laughs> Like, seriously, the only two I can think of off the top of my head are The Hex and Pretty Empowered, both of which who are working for NWA. And I, th- the only one I can think of from the indies is um, Heidi Howitzer and um, – God, it's going to drive me nuts. What's Max and Paler. No, they I, they don't tag together anymore for some reason. I don't, oh, okay. I don't okay. know what's up with that, but I loved them as a tag team. Um, this is the part where I look things up. Um, God, where is it? Uh, Ray, Raina Del Rey. Okay. Yeah. Like they've been doing – like they got together in WoW and then have since been doing stuff all over the indies. Great. But that's four tag teams, two of which are you know, signed somewhere basically. So I don't know how you improve this. Yep. Well, we'll see. What happens? Match number five was Josh Alexander against Simon Gotch. This one, um, thought it was good. I think they established Gotch as somebody who could go toe to toe with Alexander, and it was a good match. Towards the end, I kind of a pattern of good action to start off with, and then really build into an exciting finish. A lot of trade and strikes, a lot of suplexes, that kind of thing. Uh, Alexander looking sharp as always towards the end. Gotch escaped the C4 spike and put Alexander in a bulldog choke. Alexander put Gotch in an ankle lock, but Gotch escaped. And then Alexander gave Gotch a backbreaker followed 
for the C4 spike for the clean win. This went about 14 minutes, a little bit longer than I thought it would, but good technical match. And uh, gotcha, I thought he impressed uh, going up against one of the best, of course. And this will probably lead to Alexander, some bigger and better things. I wonder if Gotch is sticking around. What do you think about Gotch against some better competition and the match itself? I thought this was a great technical masterpiece. Like, you don't see technical, a lot of technical, technical wrestling that much. And this was, and it was great. I think, I think you're right that it was it built to like that perfect crescendo. It was a really great match. I think it fed into the, the thing they're doing with Josh Alexander right now, where he is just the world beater. He is there to, he doesn't need the world title. He is the longest reigning world title holder. He doesn't need to have it. He like them bringing in here is a challenger. And him going out and like wrecking somebody is great. I him versus Hammerstone, great. Him versus Gotch, great. I wouldn't be surprised if they just if they say, Oh, hey, at sacrifice, you're going up against Jacob Fatu, who just got off of his contract with MLW. Oh. I it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not saying it is that it is. Don't get me there. I'm not feeding into the rumor mill, but I wouldn't be surprised if they try to come up with someone else who has a lot of cachet, is a fairly big name, or they pull somebody out from you know the history and throw him in there. Like, ooh, just fan booking. Like Ethan Page would be fun. Like that's not going to happen. He he's very happy at AEW, and I don't think he's going to get a, a a weekend pass. But um, that would be that would be. I think that's what they're just going to do with him for this next year. Is like he's going to be there, and he's going to be getting these cool showcase matches, and I love it because I'm going to get a great match every month. Keep giving it to me. Cool. Match number six was the TNA World Title match. This was Moose with Brian Myers, Eddie Edwards, and Alicia Edwards taking on Alex Shelley, who had Kushida and Kevin Knight in his corner. This was a no surrender rules match, which means a match wouldn't end until your opponent's partners threw in the towel. So they were, I believe, they had a white towel for Shelley's team and a green one for System, if I recall correctly. And they, this one was kind of unique in that. Moose and Shelly kept trying to brutalize each other with different kind of things. Like Shelly would trap Moose's hand into like the, the ring post uh, contraption and that kind of thing, trying to force the opponents to throw in the towel, but they wouldn't do it towards the end. However, it was Moose uh, speared Shelly. Moose wrapped the chain around his entire body and sp- Speared Shelly again. Kushida got on the apron with the towel. Shelly told Kushida not to throw in the towel, but Moose threatened to spear Shelly again. At that point, Kushida could 
take no more and threw in the towel. Moose speared Shelly again anyway, because he's just that kind of guy. But Moose retains the title in 21 minutes. I thought there was a lot of drama built up about if the partners were throwing the titles, but I thought it was a really good match and just kind of a different way to work a standard match. And I thought both guys did well and the partners played their roles well also. So hopefully this doesn't lead to dissension between Kushida and Shelly but good excellent match overall what were your thoughts yeah I really like the idea of a like it's been decades since I've seen a towel match like I honestly think the last time I saw a towel match it was like at an ECW house show or something like that and it was like okay there nobody's ever going to throw in the towel and because it's ECW. This was a really cool take on it because there were some really fun things they did with it. One of the bits I really liked was um, Brian Myers turned and threw the towel up the entrance ramp, but because he didn't throw it into the ring, it didn't count. And I'm like, oh, that's good that they played with a lot of that. There was even a bit where they like kind of teased, oh, I'm going to steal the towel. You know, that was it was they played with it in a lot of really fun ways. And Moose and Shelley really took each other apart. It was great. Um, I don't know how I felt about the chain link spears that moose was doing i don't i I feel like that would hurt him more than it would hurt the opponent but it looked good looked great i mean and also if moose just came down to the ring with those chains and like broke them like the old power man comics i'd be down with that <laughs> yeah, indeed. Takes us to match number seven, and this was the TNA Knockouts title match. Champion Jordan Grace taking on Giselle Shaw with the Giant X for the match. Ash by Elegance made an appearance, and she sat ringside for this and observed. She did not get involved throughout, but this one was really good. This might have been the best match I think that Giselle Shaw has been in involved in uh, mm-hmm. she hit, a, hit a Spanish fly from the apron was just pulling out all kinds of moves and of course Jordan Grace excellent as always towards the end it was Grace giving Shaw a spine buster Grace gave Shaw a running knee but Grace reached the ropes went uh, during the pen attempt that's usually the one that Shaw puts him away with but didn't work here then traded strikes Shaw went for a cutter but Grace blocked it Grace gave Shaw a spinning back fist and the juggernaut driver and got the pin. This one went about 11 minutes, and I thought it was really good. I thought yeah. Shaw was so impressive, but Jordan Grace retains. We'll see where I the Shaw storyline goes. Yeah, I honestly thought this was where Shaw was going to, like, take it. I mean, she has <laughs> yeah. been on a constant upward trajectory like her whole career in TNA, like it, it isn't in, if she had won, it wouldn't have been like an unearned win. Like if she had like, 
it would have made sense. But I I'm super surprised that she didn't. And but I think you're right. I think it was quite possibly the best match that Giselle Shaw has had. You know, iron sharpens iron. When you are in the like Jordan Grace is one of those wrestlers that she raises you to her level. That's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. And this is a prime example right here. So we'll see where they both go from here. Maybe Grace will get a new challenger. Maybe they'll have a rematch. Who knows? And Jake Seth, something cut a, a brief promo talking about the X Division. He said where he's right where he belonged. Uh, the X Division title is right where it belonged, and which is the main event. He said he'll be watching in 2024 is the year he wins the X Division title. So I was glad he had some presence there and shows me they haven't forgot about him, which is cool. And that brought us to the main event, which was for the X Division title, the X Division title in the main event slot for, they said, the first time since 2005. And they showed a clip of, I think it was Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. Uh, So they really played that up that this was... in the main event slot, we had the champion Chris Saban defending against the TNA debuting Mustafa Ali and Ali came to the ring with his secret service detail. And that was a pretty cool touch. Um, Jay Chung did the in-ring introductions, making it special, although she did do those for the other title matches. This one was really good. I think Ali, I'm not sure if he wanted to go out and prove something, but wow, he really put on a performance here. Saban is just in his prime, and we know over the past year or so, he's just really been on a streak, and this is he's showing no signs of slowing down. These guys were just a perfect match for each other. Lots of TNA chance. This is awesome. They were both well-deserved. A lot of high flying. Eventually, the good hands. And they were wearing Ali shirts, walked down the ramp. Saban super kicked Ali. Then Saban knocked the good hands off the apron. Ali rolled up Saban for a two count. Saban closed line Ali. Saban gave Ali the cradle shock, but Ali kicked out at two. So that's a shocker. <laughs> Fans were chanting for Ali by this point. So that's kind of a surprise. Saban stopped and kicked Ali. Ali gave Saban a sunset flip bomb and followed with a 450 splash to get the pin. The announcers noted this was the first time someone has won the X Division title in their debut. Mustafa Ali, your new X Division champion in the main event in 19 minutes. And this was really cool. Everyone shined here and uh, a, a great capper to the these uh, TNA Plus events. What were your thoughts about this one? Man, I had seen some clips of Ali and mm-hmm. I heard that he could go. But wow, uh, I was amazed. This was this is what the X Division is about. Uh, I, I think I was more excited for this X Division match since ooh, I think the last time I was this excited about X Division was when it was Speedball versus Kenny King. Like those that whole series of matches was amazing. And this one kind of captured that. And I hope that I hope Ali's here for a while. I hope he sticks around forever because I, I man of the three people they 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 hired uh ali uh ash by elegance and nick namath uh i want ali he's 
astounding. And the 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 fact that he got a title shot and win in his first match at it's and it's the main event. Man, they they are giving him the push of a lifetime. I cannot even think of anyone else whose debut was anything near as impressive or as it, you know, like, wow, it's just, and the thing is, he didn't come in and like, like Leo Rush, when he won the X Division Championship, uh-huh. it felt rushed, frankly, but it wasn't neat. It wasn't fun. It wasn't a long match. It felt like literally, hey, we're going to give this to Leo Rush so that Chris Saban can get the be a ten time champion for the for the Impact One Thousands. That's what it felt like. This felt like it was earned. Like he put the veteran through all of his paces and. It worked out, and god damn, I I hope they locked him down for years. I I I, it, uh, I yeah. really hope that Scott Demore said, "Ali, you can have a million dollars for the a year for the next five years," and then Anthem went, "Wait, the what did you do? Get out!" <laughs> like, I I really hope it was like I because I think that would be money well spent. Straight up, like I, I, I am so impressed with him. So yeah. impressed. As was I, and I, yeah, I agree. I hope he's sticking around for a while because he was certainly impressive. But we will find out. I know he's in for at least a handful of appearances, so we've at least got that. But before we go, I wanted to discuss a TNA rumor that we've heard this week, and that is the possibility. I don't think this is going to happen anytime soon, but perhaps I think Scott Demore put the uh, wheels in motion for this of TNA Impact. The Thursday shows going live every week, perhaps in a location that they would run every week, like uh, the Full Sail building that the that NXT used to run, something like that along those lines, and just kind of having the energy of live events, that kind of thing. I know that would be much more significant, and that's kind of odd. I don't know if that if that's going against the edict of the uh, Anthem management wanting to cut costs because that would increase. But who knows? Maybe that could be the spark that would increase uh, viewership and interest. But wanted to get your thoughts. What do you do? You think it would even make a difference if they go live every week? And what do you think about doing tape or record doing the show every week from like the same? Here's the thing. Um, I think it would absolutely save money. Just straight up, because you're not moving, you don't have to pay hotels, you don't have to do any of that. You could have us set production staff you can have you can put hard cams in places and then you don't have to worry about like boom cameras and stuff um i think it would be cheaper um 
I originally was like, why is everybody suggesting full sale? I did not realize that full sale and the performance center were two different places in WWE. So I was very confused. I was like, they're NXT is still happening, right? Like what? No, they are separate places that that's on me. I was the dumb one. Um, I, but here's the thing. I think it would both help them and hurt them because live events are always better for ratings, right? Because you have to tune in. You can't look it up. That's just how those things work. Uh But I think it would also hurt them because I know a lot of the people who are with impact are with impact because they have a lighter schedule. They are wrestling once a month for impact. And then the rest of the month, they can go wherever they want. Uh Like Masha Slamovich everywhere. She is everywhere. Every weekend. Um, Speedball Mike Bailey had more matches last year than there were days of the year. <laughs> like, Terrible. you could not do that if you are, you know, if you are tied to a specific place. And depending well, on if they were to continue Thursdays, yeah, that probably wouldn't affect their indie bookings too much. Not indie. too much, but it would tie them to a specific place. Mm-hmm. And depending on where they chose, that could have huge ramifications. Like if they went somewhere like Chicago, awesome. You're going to get everywhere in Chicago constantly. Mm-hmm. Florida is a little bit more like a little bit more difficult to get out sometimes. You know, it, it is much more affected by weather. You know, California, you know. <laughs> There's a lot of ups and downs to it, and I think that they would have to weigh it very carefully and actually talk to the the wrestlers they have and make that decision with them in mind because I think right now they are still in a period where morale is probably down. A lot of people are still considering probably leaving. Things – have calmed down but that doesn't mean that the trust has been rebuilt i I think that's i think that's the biggest thing i would be overjoyed if they went live i think that'd be great um there's there's a lot of pros and cons to it that you'd have to very carefully measure and i don't know and I think more – it has more to do with where are they choosing to run it more than anything else. Like – and I think that's going to be the biggest thing. So we'll see because TNA used to run out of Universal Studios, which <laughs> used to run WCW. But I, I don't see that happening no, anymore again. I mean, and I don't see like where else have they been lately? Like, uh, Windsor, uh, Windsor, um, up in Windsor, what is it, St. Clair, Clair College? Yeah, uh-huh. 
Yeah, I don't see them sacrificing like they still have like their own sports teams. I don't see them sacrificing, you know, every Thursday night to TNA. I don't I don't know. I mean, Full Sail might be in the market for it since they don't they had a thing and now they don't. But it could also be one of those things where it's like, oh, well, it turns like there that was a large pain in the ass. We're not really super wanting to get into the wrestling business again, but I think if it if they did do live, I'd man, I'd be trying to find. I'd probably try to find Access TV more, uh-huh. like to start watching at eight instead of eight thirty. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't think it's anything in the Russian too, but we will certainly keep an eye on things. And that will wrap it up for this week. John, where, what do you do for the torch and what can pe- where can people find you on social media? Uh, okay. I write the weekly hits and misses for impact and TNA, um, except apparently when there's a repeat or I'm dying of the plague, uh, yeah, I'm not going to write when I'm dying of the plague. Um, you can also find me elsewhere uh, on the socials, anywhere you could throw an at symbol in front of a name at uh, Laz the Infamous. That's L-A-Z-T-H-E Infamous, mainly on Twitter. And I am just as opinionated over there as I am here. Maybe. Well, yeah, about the same. And you can find my TNA Impact results on Thursdays at the Pro Wrestling Torch. And you can find me on Instagram and threads at DKLSTL. That will do it for now. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Signing off for now, I'm Darren Lilly. And I'm John Laszlo. See you next week. See you next week. <laughs>